football coach. That the mom's loaded. That's the only the mom's like a lawyer or some shit. You know, just loaded. Just just like a massive. Because I mean, New Mexico is not that cheap. She works in Area Fifty One. I bet. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. For She's sure. That's, a Pentagon contract. That's how. That's why Troy runs so fast. He's just like genetically modified with alien DNA. <laughs> conspiracy theory (laughs) Troy Bolton is a chimera of course Welcome to Mortified, the Friendship Quest a podcast where two long distance friends bounce media recommendations all in hopes the other will like it I'm Aaron and I'm, pending confirmation, the Peeps X Pepsi sweepstakes winner, Layla Mamadova. And this week, we bop to the top with the 2006 Disney Channel original movie, High School Musical. Before we transfer to the richest high school in New Mexico, remember <laughs> you can help us on Mortified Legitimacy Quest by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify, signing up for our monthly newsletter through the link in our show notes, or following us on Twitter at MortifiedPod. Layla, okay, you did sort of, we were going to talk about High School Musical, but then you just said a wild thing that our audience <laughs> isn't going to understand. Okay, yeah, so real quick, um, Peeps and Pepsi had a collaboration in which there's now Peeps Pepsi, which for some reason they didn't call Peepsy. Uh, and they had a, they're not even mass producing this soda, uh, there's just like a, a sweepstakes giveaway and uh, uh, we entered and we won. Yeah, so this is how actually we're going to get mortified uh, to improve our, our follower count is we're going to become uh, solely sponsored by Pepsi. Um, so if you you know just want to tweet at PepsiCo to say like, oh, hey, I love drinking Pepsi while I listen to at mortified pod. Uh, anyway, uh, we're recurring this episode a little bit early, um, but... Uh, yeah, this week we watched a uh, high school musical, um, which is uh, for people who grew up in the <laughs> mid two thousands, an important and seminal work of art. Uh, Layla, do you mind explaining your background at the High School Musical franchise? I saw it when it came out. I really liked it. Oh, really? Did you did you follow up with any of the sequels? Oh hell yeah! I I owned one and two for a while. Uh, oh nice. I don't know if. I've three is there a four there's three there's not there's not a four on unless right, you count so the series but i haven't seen three or the series okay um for myself uh my sister was a big uh disney channel star or not star jesus <laughs> i wish um <laughs> she was a big disney channel fan uh when we were kids so she got really into high school musical and she got the dvd and like my parents had one of those vans with a dvd player so we would watch it in the back of our van constantly and like i wasn't like you know i was like 10 11 at the time so like i was like kind of too cool for it but also like i very much did make some of my first amvs to um bet on it from hsm2 uh (laughs) that is my favorite song from hsm2 i it is iconic Mm-hmm. It is excellent. That's the one where he goes. He's running around in the in the golf course. On the and golf like course, slaps yeah. His own reflection, yeah. Oh, fucking iconic. I love that shit. So good. <sighs> All right. Do you want to try to summarize this great, great film? Uh, so in 
God's Most Expensive High School in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, are uh, Troy Bolton and uh, Gabriela Montes, who met on vacation a la Greece. They met, thought they'd never see each other again, uh, were subjected to the war crime of random selection karaoke <laughs> at a, a, a young adult party at a hotel, sang together, uh, and then met again in high school. And then Gabriella is a math nerd and Troy's the basketball guy. But together, they auditioned for the musical. And then hijinks ensue because Sharpay and Ryan, the usual leads for the, the musical and the co-captains of the drama club, are trying to stop them, along with the rest of the school who think it's weird that they have multiple hobbies. It's, it's a classic story, you know, tale as old as time. Uh, you know, two lovers that are separated by social classes and political drama. Uh, and in this case, the, unlike Romeo and Juliet, they're able to overcome their differences and unite the warring families. They also don't die. They also don't die. Um, although they do become controversial uh, adult actors in, in their own rights. Although, to be fair, I think Zac Efron came out the best out of anyone in this franchise. I was going to say, is Zephron controversial? I thought he was pretty chill. No, I mean, he just does, like, some, you know, like, bro-y movies now, but... <laughs> yeah, he did, like, uh, um, oh my god. The one with Seth Rogen. I'm thinking of the, the, the beach one. Baywatch? Fuck me. Baywatch, yeah. Mm-hmm. I like Baywatch, that was fun. Uh, and now he has that, like, kind of vibey, like, him out in nature show on Netflix. Oh, really? That's so fun. Congrats to Zephron. He's so good. I love Zephron. I think Zephron Zephron came out great. Um, Vanessa Ann Hudgens was fine and then showed her whole ass this year. She did say something very bad about COVID, uh, which I hope that she has since recounted. um, But we still talked about her in uh, Christmas Switch. So, like, we're going to watch Christmas Switch 3. So, So, like, eh. Cancel culture is not real. <laughs> it's really not. Um, yeah, but uh, the, the the actress we should be talking about is Ashley Tisdale, who fucking killed it. <laughs> I I made a lot of mistakes as a young child, most of which I won't apologize for because I was a child, but I will apologize for making the mistake of villainizing Ashley Tisdale because she is actually the best character in this movie. She fucking owns. She is chewing the scenery at every point and she's just always being like, I want to be the most hateable villain. I'm going to overact and just like be up in everyone's face and put 100% of my heart into this performance. I'm so proud of her. This this is an incredible performance. Sharpay Evans is fucking diabolical. Like as played by any other actress, I think she would just be kind of boring and, and campy. As played by Ashley, T- sorry, not boring and campy, just boring and cliche. As played by Ashley Tisdale, she's serving looks. She's serving Elwood's blazers in high school. She's serving berets, melodrama, bop to the top is Spanish coded for some <laughs> reason. I completely forgot about that. Uh, I I think she. I love that. I think Ashley Tisdale deserves more respect. I don't think we've respected her enough. This performance was everything for me. No, I mean, she did get a pretty sweet spot on The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, and I'm glad that she did get... I hope she's getting, you know, checks for that still. So um, did 
Brenda Song, who I don't know if you've heard, but just had a baby with Macaulay Culkin. With Macaulay Culkin! What? <laughs> this episode is just pop culture Mad Libs. I just, we've, it's we've incredible. We've Peeps, Pepsi, Brenda Song, Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> uh, it's, we're, oh God. The thing is that, like, I feel like High School Musical, like, was the last vestige of Disney before it truly became Monopoly. Um, I don't know if that's backed up by anything, but like I just feel that way because like the next time I started getting into really, really into Disney properties was the Avengers, and that was like I don't know when Marvel bought or Disney bought Marvel, but I think it was you know after High School Musical certainly. I want to say it was uh, not long after. I want to say it was like oh eight. Disney announced their purchase of Marvel Entertainment on August thirty first, two thousand nine. So yeah, I mean that's. The MCU like started after High School Musical ended. They're like, man, I don't know how we can top High School Musical. I guess we just have to buy every other company. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, listen, sometimes when you run out of content, you have to just eat another company. And just take, take other their, people's content. In, instead of making more original content that you have the resources and talent to do. You just take it. Listen, Come. we shouldn't throw a stone sitting in our glass house of reviewing media <laughs> that other people made, but I um, think it's okay to throw at Disney. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Listen, I, I, independent creators do all the derivative shit you want. Did Disney has billions and billions and billions of dollars. I'm going to throw all of my little pebbles at their big old glass moving castle. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Once we become Disney execs, we will put High School Musical in Kingdom Hearts and then everything will be righted. Oh my god, that would <laughs> fuck so hard. That, oh my god. Listen, they've already done a live action one. There's already a Pirates of the Caribbean in there. It's not, the precedent is there. So, uh, Aaron has all the good ideas, and, uh, perfect, great. I can't wait to become a Disney exec on the back of including High School Musical in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> it's gonna be great. God. Wow, okay. okay. We have to talk about Troy Bolton. Okay, Troy Bolton... The thing about Troy Bolton is that he's played as a jock the whole time, but I, as you pointed out in your notes, he's kind of like a good kid. Like, he he just wants to, you know, do what's best for his his dad and his team. And, like, but he also is, like, very sensitive. And they're, they're in the whole point of him being, like, hey, oh, Kelsey, you all your stuff got knocked over. I'm going to go help you pick it up and also tell you, like, hey, you're the playmaker uh, because I'm still a jock and I have to use basketball terms. But, like, you should, you know, you're, you're the most important person, uh, you know, in this musical. And oh, pointing out, uh, this is an insight from... High School Musical, the musical, the series, the podcast, which is a great podcast by Palmer Hash and Petrana Rajulovic. Um, you should definitely check them out. But um, Kelsey wrote a musical as a 16-year-old, which is wild. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey's a prodigy in the fact that the drama club relies on her to like have their musicals. Two musicals a year is bonkers. How are you going to replace that talent, I think Jarvis? it's... I think it's three because she says she says that because this one is the winter musical, but then musical. like when, musical, but when she when she's like telling people to like go back, she's like, OK, well, maybe the spring musical, right, which suggests true. that there is like either a fall musical or a fall play. This drama club is fucking stacked. <laughs> Oh, shit, I guess, I mean, I guess what I, I'm thinking of winter and spring musical as like, 
maybe a, the really big production in December and like a smaller one in May. But that's the thing. This production is happening after New Year's. Oh, that's right. So this is like a February. Yeah, wow, that really implies a fall musicale. This is holy so shit. Wild. Kelsey is irreplaceable. No, Kelsey's a fucking incredible person, and I haven't seen High School Musical three, but I hope she got into Juilliard. Uh, she deserves it. Um, also, her hat game is fucking unparalleled. There are so many fedoras in this movie. Um, I do wish that we had gotten Troy Bolton in a fedora. That would have been incredible. <laughs> oh, at one thousand um, percent. There were a lot of berets, a lot of fedoras. Kelsey, Kelsey was wearing a couple of bucket hats, a bucket hat and a brim yes. hat. Oh, good, 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 good hat content though. What school allows hats? East side high because uh there's no rules <laughs> they have fucking botanical gardens and a huge lab that puts like my college labs to shame and also a two-tiered cafeteria so you know east side is doing fucking great <laughs> yeah like they can pay their high school basketball coaches enough to live in a fucking manor so his house is so big like i live in indiana and like it's very common for people to have basketball hoops but not whole basketball courts in their backyard he's a high school basketball coach that the mom's loaded that's the only the mom's like a lawyer or some shit you know just loaded just just like a massive because i mean new mexico is not that cheap she works in area 51 i bet oh yeah for sure for sure for sure for she's sure. That's, a that's how, contractor that's how that's why troy runs so fast he's just like genetically modified with alien dna <laughs> Like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> Troy Bolton is a chimera, of course. <laughs> Troy Bolton is a chimera whose mom works at Area 51, and that's why we never see her on screen. Except at the beginning when she's wearing green, green like aliens. Ah, uh, perfect. It's it all... all comes apart. Oh, God. Um, uh, we need to talk more about Troy Bolton, not about <laughs> anything else. <laughs> he's a very good boy. That's the thing. There's not much to say about him. He's just like a very good boy who likes basketball, but also singing. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like, the protagonists are very bland. I mean, Gabriella is essentially the same, except instead of basketball, it's science. She is like, uh, I guess she transferred schools because she was too smart, and everyone made fun of her for being smart. Um, and she was like, gosh, I just don't want to be the freaky genius girl again. And then, like, like the second day of school, she's already correcting the teacher in her science class. It's just like, Gabriella, girl, gotta keep a low profile. Come on. Yo, this movie was not written by people who were honor students, because if it was written by people who were honor students, they would know that smart kids aren't like that at all. Smart kids love to flex. Mm -hmm. Smart kids will flex fucking anything. You have to be some big ass, oh my god, they called her an Einsteinette, which I thought was a fantastic line, a big ass brain, like Einsteinette, like literally Mojo Jojo, glass case encapsulating your big, big brain, like absolutely wild animal for it to be like a point of contention. Usually if you're like a nice, smart kid, and you let people cheat off your homework, you are very well liked. So this did not track for me. Uh, also, she brought a book to a party, which, like, listen, I admire the visual. I think that's great, right? You see the two characters, and right away you're like, one is shy and bookish, and the other one is wearing, is dressed like a baby lesbian, because they put him in, like, a weird printed shirt and a suit. It's great. Uh, very big, like, I want to say Ellen DeGeneres, but, like, also, mm, like, very big Ellen DeGeneres vibes. Um, but... 
yeah, so it's, it's, uh, have you ever tried to read a book in a loud space? It doesn't work. No, you have to be like really hyper-focused and it just, listen, who among us in our, you know, early teens hasn't tried to bring a book to a social event they didn't want to be at and then was just like, oh, please just let me read in the corner. So I get it. I've been there. If you brought a book to a social engagement, if you were the type of person who would bring a book to a social engagement, were you getting invited to social engagements is the question. That is an excellent point. Because the answer is probably no. But that's Unless- the thing. Gabriella wasn't invited. Her parents were on vacation and they were like, oh, hey, we're going to go get drunk. How about you go to the teen party so we don't have to deal with, with you? Then why wouldn't she just stay in the hotel room? Because I don't know why, right? Her There's some line her mom says like, oh, hey, there's a teen party. Stop reading. Um, so like, I don't know, right? But she, so you her go mom made minutes, her. And then you come right back. I would go, I would look around with my little book, and I would leave or go read by the pool or something. There's Anyway, we're, we're spending too much time on this, but it's just, it's a wild visual, but it gets the point across, which is great. Uh, but she's like this nice kind of bookish. I think that the funny thing about, like, the characters are, like, Troy and Gabriella are just bland enough for kids to be able to project on, right? But also... I forgot how, like, first of all, they have great chemistry together, uh, Vanessa Ann Hutchins and Zac Efron. Uh, and second of all, they're both, like, pretty charismatic people, which I, like, forgot. Like, they're they're nice, charismatic people. Like, they're genuinely good kids movie protagonists. And I forgot about that. Like, they don't make Vanessa Ann Hudgens, like, detrimentally shy. She has stage fright, but she'll tell Troy to fuck off when she thinks he's, like, talk shit about her behind her back. Like, they're, they're like, pretty like cool both of them yeah no there there are some very cute moments where like they're teasing each other on the basketball court or when they're singing and like troy is like encouraging gabriella to be like hey just look at me just like kindergarten like i thought that that moment worked for me like there is some like there's a level of cornball shit because it's a disney channel original movie and the writers are all 50 years old but like (laughs) there were parts of that that were genuinely pretty good there were. There were some genuinely, like, fun... Like, I like the kindergarten line. I thought that was cute as hell. Uh, yeah, they have some really nice, like... Uh, the, the basketball court shit was great, too, because... This movie also surprised me in the sense of, like, how overtly romantic it was. Because, you know, like, kids' movies... You know, there's a lot of, like, glancing and, like, pining. That's mostly glancing and pining. But these were two people that were, like actively flirting with each other all the time i was like okay we have reciprocated feelings they're being acknowledged so it's interesting to like not have it be that weird three-act structure where there's like two acts of pining and then like a big confession at the end there's no confession they're just like involved with each other it was nice like i it was a good movie (laughs) It's, it really is. I mean, there there are some points where, you know, they they have the, the stereotypical like, oh, a misunderstanding has happened or, you know, they get manipulated into saying mean things. You know, Tr- Troy gets <laughs> canceled via live stream. <laughs> Which um, is a, a wild <laughs> plot point for 2006. Also, that camera is in the boys' locker room. That's definitely a federal crime. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is going to jail. but So is, so is hacking into your 
Wi-Fi to fuck with the scoreboard to evacuate the gym. She hacks the the gym and somehow it sets off all the fire alarms. It's great. It's it's just by running command prompt. Yeah, just incredible, incredible technology uh, throughout the use of this movie. The cell phones were immaculate. Uh, Oh my god, I forgot about horizontal cell phones. God. Sharpay has a horizontal cell phone. I forgot those existed. They used to come in so many shapes. Did you never have one of those keyboard cell phones? No, I I, I had razors. Oh, you had the you had the fucking cool the motor yeah yeah mm-hmm. Motorola razor baby. And my cousin had, had cool the ones. juke. Do you remember the juke? Was that like the little thin one? The teeny tiny one, like rotating yeah. out. Awful. Like a switchblade. I was thinking about that. Yes! Yeah. That one was great. Um, I don't know what I had besides just like a little shitty, like, like well, not a shitty one. It was actually pretty good, but it was like a little like one that just like was a vertical phone, but you could switch it over and pop it up and then it had a keyboard. That was great. Um, yeah. And then um, with like physical like keys you could touch. And I, I didn't want to leave it for the iPhone because like the iPhone is so hard to text on compared to that. And I hated it for so long. Uh, but before that, I had like a Virgin Mobile flip phone. Like just, they had to pay like twenty cents per text. It was miserable. Oh yeah, I remember that. Do you remember um, the like dessert themed phones? Like there was the chocolate phone and the mint phone. Supposedly they smelled like the thing for a while. No, what? Girls in my class were obsessed with that shit in like eighth or ninth grade. Oh my lord! Like the chocolate phone. Let me see if I can get a picture of it, just so you can see it. Um, the mid two thousands were off the chain. Yeah, so seeing everyone, like, pull out, because, you know, now in a scene like the homeroom scene in High School Musical, they would all pull out, like, iPhones or whatever if they're protagonists, because, fun fact, Apple doesn't let antagonists use their phones, so you can actually guess who the villain is going to be in a movie if they don't have an iPhone. That's incredible. Uh, uh, Which is apparently somebody noticed that, I think, in Knives Out, maybe? Anyway, so, um, but, uh, yeah, they all pulled out these, like, wild lego pieces of cell phones in the homeroom scene and it just really took me back to like not having i have a google pixel but like not having a smartphone and having just like my nokia flip phone i had a blackberry at one point i had the motorola razor like phones used to be kind of (laughs) cool yeah i mean gosh the i don't know how well they worked necessarily but like it was such a weird way to be able to express like personality and i i do kind of feel a little nostalgic for that i wish that we didn't all just have the same brick now um but yeah Yeah. that was just such a such a throwback to to the early 2000s or mid 2000s and uh god there there are some really good like you've been mentioning the fashion the whole time but like we did not know how to dress back in the day Low-rise jeans are a fucking nightmare, and I see some of you bitches on TikTok trying to bring them back. Absolutely not. They're horrible. They make your torso look too long, and, like, if you weigh more than 5.7 pounds, you can't wear them anyway. So, like, listen, if you weigh 5.7 pounds and you want to wear them, good on you. I, I hope you look hot. But if it's the only thing in stores, I guess we're all wearing skirts. Skirts over our jeans, which was also the fashion back then. Oh, my Christ. Um, speaking of skirts over jeans, we talked a little bit about Sharpay. Uh, we gotta have to talk about Ryan. Ryan is canonically illiterate. <laughs> it's really good. Go Drama. Drama. I loved that. It's just like, he's just so dumb. Like, you're the co-captain of the drama club and you have to memorize scripts. How are you memorizing scripts if you can't fucking read them, boy? 
Yeah, so so Ryan's a wild time. Uh, uh, Chad. Chad. Listen, Corbin Blue, I think probably deserved better. I'm. I I think that I don't know what he's up to these days. I hope he's doing well. But about forty percent of his lines in this movie are just what team wildcats what team and then he just keeps (laughs) it's so funny and like the only things he does is like make weird basketball metaphors although he does have arguably the greatest line in cinema which is (laughs) when he tells troy that he's gonna end up uh in his mom's refrigerator like the original (laughs) phantom of the opera if he continues this path of theater kidness okay we have to talk about that part i think putting a photo of someone in your fridge is an objectively hilarious concept, especially the actor who played the Phantom of the Opera. I would do anything to have a cutout of him peeking out from behind my oat milk. <laughs> I think that would be, that would make opening my fridge a fucking delight. And I'm so mad that I already went to Office uh, Depot to print this morning because I should have printed a picture of the Phantom of the Opera and glued it to some of my oat milk. It's... There are this show's funny. Like it is. there's some like dumb dumb lines that like are just clunkers, but like then we get stuff like where Zeke, the baking basketball player, is like trying to hit on Sharpay. Uh, <laughs> and he's just like, I made some cookies, and she just screams at him, Evaporate tall person, which fucking owns. <laughs> Evaporate tall person owns, especially in the context of, of uh Chad calling Kelsey short person. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, oh, what are we going to do about this? Uh, we've never talked before in the movie. Small person, I guess. And she's just like, what? Also, did you stay for the after credits scene with Zeke and Sharpay? No, I didn't. I didn't realize there was post scenes. There's a post credit scene with Zeke and Sharpay where Zeke, the baking basketball player, is just minding his business after the big we're all in this together pep rally. And Sharpay bursts through the doors holding one of his cookies that she rejected earlier with like a mid chew. And she's like, these cookies are fucking genius and <laughs> tackles him to the ground. It is. <laughs> I do remember this. Yes. Oh my God. I remember this from watching about the backseat of my parents' car. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> there is a Zeke Sharpay ship. Perfect. Finally. Sharpay, who, by the way, Sharpay and Ryan, the antagonists of this entire movie, who get to be part of the big unifying numbers. This is the future neoliberals want. It's so stupid because even in their like reconciliation one-liner, she's like, okay, I guess I'm going to be the understudy to you, Gabriella. So, uh, break a leg. Uh, and she's like, that's what people say in the theater when they mean good luck. It's like, no, bitch, you absolutely do not. You want Gabriella dead. (laughs) You meant break a fucking leg, bitch. (laughs) You're about to mean girls her in the school parking lot. Like, don't even worry about it. (laughs) Just shove her in front of a bus. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, let's talk about Taylor, uh, with Chad's kind of geek counterpart. Um, she's fine she's fine they don't give her a lot to do except for make weird like uh, it is so strange that they made a black woman play taylor because she sounds like a fucking 1800s eugenicist sometimes <laughs> she, she that powerpoint she gives is next fucking level she really dipped into some like alt-right like <laughs> nurture over nature like wild bullshit my favorite thing though is she was like these people are on the path of the brain and like one of the people she mentioned was frida kahlo frida kahlo 
was not on the path of the brain. Frida Kahlo was on the path of the pussy. That woman fucked. Frida Kahlo fucked. That's not to say she wasn't incredibly smart and a prolific painter, but Frida Kahlo fucked. And I just need us to acknowledge that on this program. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to take a quick moment of silence. Uh, everybody just bow your heads and think about how Frida Kahlo did, in fact, fuck. She fucked constantly. Thank you, Frida Kahlo, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your um, service. Um, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Troy's dad is a bad dad and he gets a redemption arc that he absolutely does not earn no not for a second the whole the whole movie he's just like troy the most important thing to me a very wealthy high school basketball coach is that you perform in this game that's not even like they don't they don't call it like you know it's not conference it's not you know the state playoffs or whatever they just call it like the big game against the west side school or the west side knights or whatever um, and like Troy has a lot of like trauma from that. Well, he needs the test results so that his mom can take them back to Area Fifty One and see how effective the splicing was. <laughs> That's right. He's doing fucking data science. He's got on his clipboard. He's just making notes about <laughs> the efficacy of their gene splicing technology. That's why he gets so freaked out the two times Troy misses. I was going to say rehearsal, misses practice because you know he has to know where the specimen is. Uh, my lab results are going to be all messed up. <laughs> um, no, but for real, he's he's such a dick, and he's like, and I know that a lot of this pressure comes from me, bitch! It all comes from you, dad? Dad, it's all from you, coach dad. I, I think it's in the second one where him and Troy get in a fight over scholarships or whatever, where Troy finally gets, I'm not following your dreams, or I'm not following my dreams, dad. These are yours, or some sh- whatever that fucking line is. Uh, and uh, to, to say that Troy's dad is on the same bullshit two movies in a row, like you're committed to being a douche at that point. No, it fucking sucks. And the worst thing is, is that when they try to make him break up with Gall- Gabriella, Chad uses that because he's just like i he's like last time troy says last time i checked there were 12 members on this team and chad's like oh no you thought about you forgot about the most important 13th member and he hands them a picture of his dad in like a high school uniform and he's just like think about how you're disappointing your father if anybody told me like that i considered a friend that i was disappointing my parents i'd fucking punch their lights out <laughs> yeah for real well i would mostly be confused because i don't have a dad uh, <laughs> you and Sierra um, are in a very special group of people I consider to be friendly that also hate their dads, <laughs> which is or have absent fathers, which I love. And <laughs> every I time we talk, abs- a- <laughs> I have one absent one and one that I hate. So. <laughs> oh, okay, you got the best of both worlds. Both, yeah, uh, it's just both. a very it's a power move when you can just like be like, haha, your dad's dead," and <laughs> uh, and everybody else at the party is like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And it's really great. I love doing that. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, listen, the dads are a tricky specimen, and I think, uh, um, Troy's, Troy's dad especially, I, um, listen, needs, he needs to come to Jesus moment. He just needs to, to, um, he did not deserve, you're right, he didn't deserve his little redemption arc, uh, cause he's still, he's back on his bullshit in the second movie. He didn't learn anything. No. He didn't even go see his boy sing. Until the very end. And you know what? That callback edition, Troy and uh, uh, Gabriella, they have great stage presence. It is hard to own a stage when you're just doing a duet. And they're 
they're soaring, flying. They're they're running around that stage. They own that space. It was really good. And you're still back on your bullshit about him being a basketball player in the second movie. Sir, you don't fucking deserve it. Fuck you. Miss Darbus is right to bully him. I, my feelings about Miss Darbus change from scene to fucking scene. She is such a mixed bag, right? Because in one scene, she's like, oh, okay, you're going to be the stodgy, you know, theater professor who hates cell phones. But also, you know, she she gives Troy and Gabriella a chance after he she hears them just like randomly singing with Kelsey. Um, but then also, like, she clearly plays favorites because she's like, oh, well, I am going to move the callbacks uh, specifically to sabotage Troy and Gabriella uh, because Sharpay asked me. Uh, so it's like, wh- where are you coming from, Miss Darbus? <laughs> what- what's going on here? I think she's just an agent of chaos. <laughs> she just likes to... Because, like, when sh- uh, Kelsey finally talked back to Sharpay, she was like, now that's show business. <laughs> I also... Listen, hot take. Miss Darbus walked so that Catherine O'Hara could run in Schitt's Creek because her commitment to the word musical just made me think of uh, everything Moira Rose has ever said, which is iconic in its own way because ever since my nephew's been born, every time I see him, I just, even just at Facebook at my own computer, I just go, well, where is the bebe? Where is bebe's chomper? There's nothing more satisfying to me than like a, a middle-aged to old white woman mispronouncing things on purpose. I think that's a fantastic character choice and more women should make it. It's, it's incredible. Uh, Miss Darvis is an, another very good character uh, despite being cast as a villain. Um, man, Disney, Disney can crank out some villains. They haven't done a very good job with the Marvel franchise, but Old school Disney knew di- knew how to do villains right. Um, I would say impressive. as late as like oh nine because Doctor Fastelier is dope as shit from Princess and the Frog. I have not seen that unfortunately. <gasps> you should watch it. It's a delight. It's so I've heard good. It's very good. Yeah, um, Doctor Fastelier uh, has one of the best villain songs in the entire Disney canon. Um, you did mention ranking the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I will note that um, the aforementioned HSMTMTSTP already did that. We can still do it, uh, but I do want to give them a shout out uh, and say they, they did that also. Um, you should also definitely go listen to them if you're interested in the high school musical canon. Um, but uh, yeah, do you want to try to rank these songs? Because I, I would, I'm very interested to hear your opinions on them. Yeah, I think, I think we should. Um... L- let's not rank hmm. them. Let's just start at the top and go down and give our thoughts. Yeah, I think that's fair. So start us something new. Pretty good. I think it's a strong start to the musical. I think it, you know, introduces us to Troy and Gabriella's characters pretty well. And, you know, it's it's not it's not incredible, but I, I like it. It's fun in it and it sets up the story in a pretty effective way. So just real quick, I'm staring at the Spotify uh, album for High School Musical and uh, I just want it to known to the public that the people credited in the song like credits are not the actors it's troy and gabriella are credited as the performing artists on this before before, troy does not troy does not get troy bolton it's just troy like share comma gabriella montez incredible well, that's the thing is that there are some songs in this movie that like the actors didn't sing like they they dubbed voice you know they had professional singers go go in and do them but also in the canon of high school musical right high school musical exists but like 
High School Musical, the musical, the series takes place at East High, like the actual East High. So like High School Musical, the musical, like is is a real property, and like East Side High is is technically in our world, which is wild. <laughs> um, so I think it makes sense that Troy and Gabrielle are just listed as that because they are characters in in a real actual, you know, production. <laughs> Aaron, I feel like I, f- I feel like you just tried to explain Kingdom Hearts to me. <laughs> if I had no context for Kingdom Hearts, you know, do you know that feeling of like if you have no context for an incredibly complicated thing and someone's trying to explain it to you and it's just like a fucking onion of a franchise? That's no. what just happened to my brain. <laughs> I don't because I know about Kingdom Hearts and nothing else is more complicated than Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> That's. Very true. Wow, my brain just short-circuited. Um, Starting something new is fine, I think. I don't love it, I don't hate it, it's fine. Um, It's a cute duet, they definitely practiced it beforehand, um, because those harmonies were tight. Um, Get your your head in the game. I thought I liked this song a lot more than I actually did. Aww. I mean, because I guess I, I thought like, oh, okay, this is the cool jock basketball song. I think the lyrics are very bad throughout a lot of this a lot of this franchise. Oh yeah, they're terrible. The lyrics are not good. But I think it's a bop. It's like fun. It got me I cuz I was working while I was watching this and it got me pretty hype for uh shot compositing. <laughs> I'm glad you got psyched to do uh, <laughs> photo edits while you were listening to the fucking hot beats coming from these basketball dunks um yeah just just running shot clean up at breakneck pace because my head was in the game (laughs) it is it is a very good like use of like the sounds of basketball being played and like the sneakers you know making the squeaks Um, i love songs like this yes but like a lot of the like a significant portion of the lyrics are just you gotta get your head in the game you gotta get your get your get your get your head in the game which Uh i think is very bad (laughs) No, yeah, I, immaculate songwriting. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, what I've been looking for, which there's there's a different. There's two of them. This is the first one. We're just okay. going in in order. Um, mm-hmm. Already forgot what it sounds like. The way that when Sharpay and Ryan do it, it is not very memorable. It is a little bit faster, um, and I, I I really didn't like it as much. I think that that's intentional, though. I think it's supposed to have that harshness. Um, and like be a little bit grading to show, you know, to make the audience be like, okay, Sharpay and Ryan are talented, but like, are they really, you know, the best singers in East Side High? They're the best performers, hands down. Oh yeah, for sure. Listen, they did some incredible choreography. Like, there's a great <laughs> line where Sharpay's like, I told you not to do the jazz square. And Ryan's like, it's a crowd favorite. Everybody loves a good jazz square. Now, Ryan's fucking right. Everyone loves a jazz square. <laughs> Oh, fucking immaculate. Well, what about uh, what I've been looking for as sung by Troy and Gabriella? I like that one better. And I think, you know, that's, again, intentional. I just think that they they make Troy and Gabriella come off as stronger singers. Um, I, I You know, I, I tend to like it a little bit more slowed down. Again, I don't think it's an incredible song, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I don't remember what it sounds like as performed by either duet, so... Yeah. And I watched the movie this morning. Yep, uh, <laughs> Yikes. Uh, stick to the status quo. Arguably the best song in the musical, but not because of the musical quality of it at all. <laughs> um, Please elaborate. 
I don't think that the the ly- I don't think that the lyrics are necessarily very good. I think it's very cornball. It's very you know Disney Channel original. Uh, I don't think that the the choral like the big chorus singing it is is especially good. But just the the lines themselves are incredible. The part where Zeke's like, okay, I got this big secret, and everyone's like. <gasps> Everybody gather around. He's like, I fucking love baking. Here's a creme brulee. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's just like, that's good shit. My favorite part is where mm-hmm. they have the skater dudes. And the skater dude's like, okay, well, if Troy can share his secret, I can share mine. I play the cello. And the other guy's like, awesome. What's a cello? And he's like, uh, he mimes playing a cello. And the guy's like, it's a saw. And he's like, no, dude, it's like a giant violin. So good. <laughs> Fucking amazing. I love the the pop lock and drop it girl. Said, My passion is hip hop. I like to pop. I like to lock, and I like to drop it. Like fuck yeah, girl, drop it all fucking day long. She um, says. She says. I think it's even funner than homework or some shit. <laughs> she Sometimes it's even more fun than homework. Sometimes it's doing a lot of work in that sense. Good gravy. Um, Success House Quill is, is a fantastic little jam. Uh, I love it very much. I do. Okay, so while we're on it, though, I have a beef with um, the fact that Zeke's baking is a secret because I don't know if you've met teens. They're hungry. If one of their own was good at baking, that shit would be he would be a god among men. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Listen, like. People generally, I found, don't like the sports kids in high school, besides, you know, the sports kids themselves. But, like, if it was like, oh, yeah, Zeke, I mean, you know, he he's a basketball player, so he's kind of a dick. But, like, he bakes, he, he brought cookies to homeroom one day. They fucking popped off. That dude's all right. Like, I would love to hang out with Zeke. They were, as the teens say, bussin'. Nope. I think is the new. <laughs> nope, <laughs> they the don't. New I, wow, there's nothing more that makes me feel older than than uh, having teens come up on my TikTok. Um, whew, anyway. You just sounded <laughs> like a writer for High School Musical there. Uh, hire me, Disney. Um, I'll write four. I'll write High School Musical four. Okay, When There Please. Was Me and You. I think this was the worst song in the Yes, Yes, it's, yeah, it's, it's very boring. I think, you know, whoever sings for Vanessa Ann Hudgens is, maybe it's, it's her herself, I don't know, but, you know, the singing is good. The, the content of the song is very boring. I mean, she, she goes on stage all the time. I think that is actually her singing. Although, Although like, the there's some, like, cinematic flair here. Like, she, like, if you notice, Troy is the only one out in, when she's looking outside, Troy's the only one in the, the, in a blue shirt while everybody else is wearing red, and Gabrielle is also wearing blue. So, like, they're connected. Um, that's another uh, observation that Palmer Hosh made in their podcast. But um, it's just... They're like, you know, it's symbolism, kind of. Uh, there was one really weird shot in that sequence, though, that I that jumped out at me. It was like a very sensual shot of her, like, dragging her hand across the railing. And I was like, she's a child. Don't she's 16, what? sir, please. Maybe maybe Dude, 17. Why? Um, please don't do that. Like, yeah, whew, I didn't like that at all. It really took me out of the sequence. Um, though so did her belt. I was just focused on her belt the whole time. It wasn't in the belt loops. It's purely decorative. Two thousand yep. incredible, wild. great era. Um, bop 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 to the top. Bop to the top is a lot. Um, the. <laughs> 
a weird, like, Spanish <laughs> dialogue flair? <laughs> Mucho gusto. I que fabulosa. It's, it's so much. It's a lot. Um, it's so much. And um, I don't, I don't know how to handle it. Um, Sharpay has a flapper dress on, I think. I don't know what's going on in that scene. No, that is, that was supposed to be like a full on like salsa dance. Salsa, dancing. that's the touchstone. I don't understand why it was a Spanish flair, considering it was written like under the sea. I mean, oh God, it really was. It. There's also like a, la- I don't know, Layla, did you ever audition for musicals in high school? Uh, I was in every single musical from six to okay grade. yes uh of course you're yeah. you're a dynamo uh-huh. theater kid uh during any of those auditions did they bring out golden props for you to climb upon during the callbacks um i'm not the best singer so okay. no i did not get the gold <laughs> uh, yeah maybe yeah me either i never got a callback but maybe you know <laughs> maybe if we had gotten to that top tier we'd have gotten the cool <laughs> disco ball props during our callback songs <laughs> Maybe if we bop to the top, our auditions themselves would be a production. Yes, incredible. Um, uh, uh, next one's Breaking Free. I liked Breaking Free a lot. I, I, it's I, fine. I thought it was one of the best songs in the musical, unfortunately. No, that's fair. Um, I was surprised at how much of it I remembered. Um, like, I, I did not think that I would be able to sing along with it as much as I did. Uh, because I was sing- sitting here and, and singing along to to most of the songs, except for uh, when there was mm. me and you, because I just plum forgot that one yeah. existed. Um, no, it was, it was good. I again, great stage presence, fun performance. I like because the the Troy runs out of the gym before the rest of his team follows him to go watch the audition. I really liked that they like like pressed their arms to their sides like power walked out of the gym to go watch him sing. Like it's it so was good, so, so fun. I mean, like delightful everyone was so hyped up to like come into the auditorium and just watch these auditions like the whole fucking school just rolls up and they're just like we're just gonna watch these kids sing i guess it's just so wild and i you know would be devastating if they didn't got get the fucking <laughs> that'd parts. be so funny if mr Starvis was like anyway yeah so sharpay and ryan crushed it uh sorry and then the entire school just has to riot and you were still late so sharpay and ryan get it um last one we're all in this together i i don't think it's a very good song unfortunately it's just you know there's the chorus which is iconic but like the lyrics are boring um ryan finally gets gets a you know a solo line in that which i appreciate i'm proud of lucas um but yeah otherwise it's kind of a kind of a lackluster song i feel (sighs) so yeah that's fine i i the chorus is iconic that's really my only take on it um we have to talk about Mr. Lucas Graybill real quick. Um, <laughs> did you know about the Dancing Ninja? No, Layla. What the fuck is the Dancing Ninja? <laughs> it, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is a movie um, in which Mr. Graybill uh, plays the lead, and he is, I believe, the only white person living in an Asian city. And he is the much prophesized about Dancing Ninja because he has a, I believe, like a birthmark on his Oh leg. no, my white know, savior but, um, Lucas Graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we haven't, you know, I'm just saying I'd watch it for the Listen, pod. I'd watch it. We could, we'll put that on the list, I guess. I'll drop you, I'll drop you a trailer. Christ, I can't imagine. Uh, is that a decom too? 
Oh no! It's a real movie. Oh, <laughs> oh no, boy! This, it's a it's a real movie. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, this was him trying to break out of his Disney image. God, I feel like of all the people that tried to break out of, I mean, I think yeah, Zac Efron is probably the only one who really did it successfully. Although Miley Cyrus, I think. Oh, I mean, yeah, Miley Cyrus definitely. But like from this movie specifically, I feel like you know uh, Zac Efron. Um, I don't really think Ashley Tisdale ever really did break out of that Disney uh, imagery. Um, you know, Van- I think she had a short-lived music career. Yeah, I definitely remember my sister having like her albums, but like I don't think she was ever super duper popular. I think she had a couple like big songs, but that was it. Um, yeah, like not not a whole lot uh, of people really got out of you know got out of Disney's sphere, which is you know I, I always think about that like. Like, if you are somebody who is, like, a Corbin Blue or a Lucas Grabiel, like, how long are you just, like, I just gotta, I just gotta ride this gravy chain until it lasts, or, or, like, at some point, do you talk to your agent and be like, hey, should I try to, you know, escape Disney's sphere of influence, or am I just gonna continue to get cast in these roles until I just get old enough to become, like, a dad figure? Well, I think it also depends on, like, what your contract with Disney is, right? Because, like, if you're part of a franchise, you might be locked into it for, like, a certain amount of time or a certain amount of seasons. And they might be, like, batch greenlighting stuff. Um, So, like, you know, it's not unheard of to say, okay, well, we want two movies or two seasons of this thing. And you're locked into both, you know? Um, But, yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. And I feel like it's harder for the people who are, like, side characters because the way Disney movies are written, you know, like you and I love like a nice, fun, nuanced story. I love a good side character. Um, But it's one of those things where like the side characters don't really get much development. They're very gimmicky, which isn't like a critique. It's a, it's a movie for kids, you know, like they don't need to be deep nuanced figures that like influence the, the protagonist or something. They can be plot devices. That's fine. Um, but given that that's the nature of them, unfortunately, then that actor, especially if this is like their first big thing, is going to be known for that gimmick. So it's just, you know, it'd be what it'd be. You got to just know what you want out of your career, which is hard when you're like, you know, 17 to 25, which is the age range that plays teenagers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was wondering how old they were because I was like, Zephron definitely looks younger, but like, you know, maybe 20, 21 um probably 20 uh the actor who plays zeke is too shredded to be a teenager <laughs> he's extremely muscular he's very shredded that's 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 uh those are not boy muscles <laughs> those are those are man muscles it's really good um, god did you ever see the corbin blue um jump rope movie uh i remember I, th- I like stopped watching decoms right around that yeah time. god i don't think i ever saw it either but was i know it- they advertised it like the fuck out of it because they're like please we need another child star Right. Well, I feel. Well, do they even do decoms anymore? I mean, no. Right. Like they have. I mean, I don't know if you know if the Disney Channel. I mean, it's got to exist in some form. Oh, it. I mean, it exists. That's where. Um. There's a couple of Disney channels, like Disney XD. There's a couple of Disney channels. Well, uh, that's where. Um. Uh, uh, TV show Supernatural, kids, siblings, with the with the evil triangle. What am wow. I thinking of? Just saying a lot of words, and none of them are hidden for me. Fucking, they go to the go with their grunkle stand. What is the name of the oh, show? Oh God, Eagle? fuck! On, I know. Mm, I see it on Tumblr all come the time. On. I literally saw the show like, like three months ago. It's I can't not Twin the Peaks. Title. It's, but it's completely. similar. <laughs> it's definitely not Twin it's, Peaks. Um, fuck me, grunkle stand. It's not Camp Laszlo. 
Gravity Falls. <laughs> Gravity Falls! I literally have watched all of Gravity Falls somewhat recently. Blinked on it completely. Anyway, okay. Gravity when, Falls um, is on. God. When do you think the last Disney Channel original movie was released? 2014. July 31st, 2020. They're still making them. <laughs> They're still making them! Oh, have you heard of the Descendants franchise? That is not a DCOM. Descendants are, of course, they're decom. Like that's because they're all the descendants of Disney villains. Why I didn't know. Th- I thought there was like a Disney Plus thing. I didn't know there was like a Disney Channel thing. No, yeah, it's definitely at least on the Wikipedia. <sighs> the, okay, because I listen. Decoms when when we were growing up were like Luck of the Irish. Yeah, it's like <laughs> which was a wild premise for a mm-hmm. film. Um, what if a basketball star who was white was a leprechaun? <laughs> Just incredible <laughs> shit. Oh, God. Just uh, Luck of the Irish. There was... Um, and I'm going to blank on all of the ones we used to watch. My cousin was really into that. Cheetah them. Girls. She, she would always make um, me watch. Twitches. Oh, Cheetah Girls. We watched Cheetah Girls. Uh, 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 I, want, I wanted to say not that long ago. Nope. Ten years ago. Uh, we were working on our professor's uh, film set and in college, and we rewatched Cheetah Girls 1 and 2. Listen, Raven Simone has kind of lost the plot, but, like, those movies fuck. They're good movies, if I remember correctly. They're, those songs are great. They go to Spain in the second one for some reason. I'm into it. I wish I had a squad uh, that would wear, like, Power Rangers Cheetah print with me. Listen, that that can happen. We can arrange that. So if we were so if me and you started a squad, like what color would you be? Uh, blue is kind of my, my one of my colors, so I, I feel like okay. that, that's my color. I, I don't know if they make blue cheetah print, but no, oh, yeah, okay, of course cool. they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel I feel like mine is probably red. Yeah, that that tracks. I mean, that's like the the leader. If you're the you know the group leader, you have to have red. Well, I my well. That's the thing is, I don't think I would be the leader, but my uh, my I, I think I would be the one that causes problems on purpose, like the Sailor Mars, mm, you or, know? or a Raphael from TMNT, or like yeah. a Raphael. I've never seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I have, but in Russia, so I don't remember. Um, but yeah, like a that that would be more my role. I think we need somebody a little bit more pure of heart for our leader. Um, maybe Ange, maybe Ange yeah, will we'll, we'll add various people <laughs> that follow us and we'll, we'll figure it out. <laughs> would you lead us? <laughs> uh, yeah. So write in, what, what would your signature color be? Uh, if you were part of our, our cool, our cool gang. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, decoms were fun. They were like cheesy, tacky, fun movies. Uh, I, I kind of miss them. Uh, yeah. I mean, I... I was just at that stage in my life where I was like, oh, I hate everything Disney Channel. And, you know, I, I wish that I wasn't, you know, that kind of person. But, you know, looking back on them, like the Camp Rock musical, you know, that the movie like that, that was fun with with the Jonas brother, one of them and Demi Lovato or like apparently the Wizards of Waverly Place movie is very dark, which is very funny. Oh. So I have a visceral memory of Camp Rock. Um, it was like the one of the first times I really started to like notice things about movies. Like I was still pretty young, but you know, like usually, I don't know if this was the same for you, but when I was a kid and I went to see a movie, I would just walk into the theater and be like, professionals made this, so it must be perfect. And like, I never noticed mistakes or anything. Um, ironic considering I'm now a tech artist and my entire job is noticing <laughs> mistakes. But um, 
Camp Rock was like one of the first ones when Joe Jonas started harmonizing with himself, playing an acoustic song to Demi Lovato on a pier. I was like, this, where are the other voices coming from? This is incorrect. How are they doing this? This is, this is non-diegetic. Oh, no. <laughs> this must be in his head. Did not know about diegesis back then. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so Camp Rock, Camp, some of them did get kind of dark, um, especially some of the like 90s ones. But yeah, um, dang. DCOMs, I feel like DCOMs went down the same road as Star Wars in the sense that like it just takes itself too seriously now. Mm-hmm. Bring back the tack. Listen, we'll, we're getting there. Um, if you had to guess the highest rated Disney Channel original movie premiere, as in like millions of, you know, most people viewed it on, on premiere, mm-hmm. which movie do you think it is? High School Musical 2. How did you know that? I just felt it in my bones. <laughs> that was incredible. No. Because <laughs> High School Musical, because it makes sense, right? So High School Musical, right? It has to like gain mm-hmm. hype. So like people will see it, but then it, they'll see it more on replay. And then they have the ramp up marketing for mm-hmm. two. So then all the people who saw High School Musical past premiere would watch the premiere of two. I mean, you're 100% correct. Okay. High School Musical 1 had 7.7 million views, which is actually only the ninth highest rated DCOM. So like not very wow. high. A lot we got a lot in the mid, you know, 7.6 to 7.9 you know, range. High school musical two had 17.2 million views. Fucking blew it out of the water. The next highest one only has eleven point four. Like high school musical two was wildly popular. <laughs> High School Musical 2 is a fucking cultural touchstone. I was a pretty, I remember it being pretty, pretty good. Um, maybe we could watch it in a couple of months. But uh, yeah, wow. I'm, I'm glad my instincts were right. That's pretty cool. Um, damn, nothing's beat it since. When did it come out? Like 08? 07. 07. Oh, yeah. Well, it's easier to pump them out, I guess. Yeah. Damn. Damn. <sighs> Iconic. Zac Efron and Vanessa Hutchins should be proud. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, maybe a little bit less so Vanessa, but um, it's okay. Yeah. Well, Zac Efron should be, should be, uh, he's, listen, he's still got abs. He's, he's <laughs> that winning. That motherfucker, he's fine. <laughs> listen, he can maintain those abs. I mean, God bless him. He's doing something he's, right. He's very handsome. Very, very, he's really embraced the himbo, which I think is great for him. Um, he's just kind of like an, an affable hot man. And you know what? If that's your legacy after leaving the Disney Channel, you fucking won. Life. Yeah. Like, yeah. incredible. I am surprised at how easy this conversation was. I think it just comes from a place of like, we're both, we both very freshly watched this. And also, we both grew up in an era when like, like this is the time period when we're both like you know mid mid teenagers like so it feelings about this show are probably like very strong for us right we, this is when we're hitting our adolescence which like is is interesting it makes the, these memories of high school musical cool very formative right and it's it's just funny because like you and I aren't very like only 90s kids would understand like you know we, no. don't, we don't really look at our our adolescence with those glasses on usually um so it's just i don't know i i going into this i was just first of all really pleasantly surprised by how genuinely enjoyable of a movie this is just to, to gen like a general adult audience but also like it's just like a like how much reminiscing we got to do and even though you and i grew up like very differently <laughs> obviously you were in, in indiana and i grew up in in buffalo like two completely different areas of of the country but like still just 
these like very funny universal experiences with just like these funky mid two thousand cell phones, the like weird fashion trends of of the mid two thousands. I feel like the the early two thousands with the popularization of the internet and then like movies like this getting bigger really nationalized some parts of culture, especially for teens. So it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of neat that that there was this like universal neat experience um, in this really funny teen movie. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's incredible. Um, gosh, I think I think that's about it. You got anything else to add? No, right. Aaron. Where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on the internet at AaronSXL. You can find the other podcast I do at The Bible Boys. Uh, we just recorded an episode about Hail Satan, and um, we are going to record an episode soon about Jennifer's body. Um, so, which is also allegedly about Satanism and, and cults and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Michael may have tricked us on this one. But, uh, My, oh, of course it's a fucking Michael. Of course it is. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah, me and Josh are like, no, horror movies gross. But um, hopefully we'll have an interesting discussion about that. Um, Layla, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at L-E-Y-L-S-E-S on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find my art and my essays there. I'm not up to anything interesting, as I've been saying for the last couple of weeks. I'm moving in two weeks. It's eating up all of my time. Uh, well, we will certainly return to uh, a more stable schedule uh, shortly. Um, but in the meantime, you can listen to some music by Keshko because our theme song is obsolete by Keshko from the album Filmmaker's Reference Kit Volume 2. You can find more of their music at keshko.bandcamp.com. Layla, what do we say? What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! Wildcats! Wildcats!